comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. And it talks about the body, um, so listen very carefully. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. That God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. May God bless the reading of the word. Please be seated. It is our privilege today to uh, welcome back one of our own, and I'm going to there's so many things about him that I have to read it off my phone, but because I'm older now, I give me time because I have to make this big. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ooh. All right. So we want to, I'm just going to read this off. Uh, we want to welcome to the pulpit this morning, Reverend Dr. Richard Chung. Dr. Richard Chung has been a pastor for over 20 years, and he was born in Los Angeles in, and the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, he is a graduate of UCLA. Go Bruins. Yes, he is a fellow Bruin like me. And, and uh, Biola Talbot, uh, he also is a graduate of the Biola Talbot School of Theology. Um, Dr. Dr. Chung is an adjunct professor at Logos Evangelical Seminary in El Monte and has taught classes on practical theology, family, and youth ministries. Dr. Chung is also a special education um, list in the Pasadena Unified School District and was awarded the 2018 National NAAC Educator Award. So let's welcome um, Dr. Richard Chung to our pulpit today. Thank you, Helena. I remember when I first uh, visited CFC in 1999 to candidate, um, your family took me out to lunch at JJ Cafe, uh, not JJ Cafe, Sunday Cafe on Atlantic Boulevard. The cafe is no longer there, but uh, I'm glad that your family's still here and it's been such a, a joyful time all these years. I truly feel at home coming back here. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, I pastored here for almost 17 years. Um, I'm told by Henry Chu that's still a record at the church. 
but it's great to see uh, old friends and also meet new friends here. I always enjoy coming back to CFC. Uh, I, I feel comfortable in this pulpit. Uh, I know that my famous fan is behind me, so when I get hot, at least the fan is blowing at me. So uh, it's, it's, I feel very familiar here. In fact, if we can um, look in your bulletins, we have an outline of today's sermon. So you can uh, follow along if you would like. And let's see if we can get uh, the PowerPoint up today. Great. So I wanted to say I always have felt comfortable at CFC. The people have always been very friendly. I found some pictures of when I first came to CFC. The first time I came was actually 25 years ago for a wedding. Uh, I had no idea that I would ever come back to the church uh, Kevin McClure and Michelle were getting married. It was when this sanctuary was recently built, so this place was brand new. It was so new that the air conditioning unit was not working yet. And it was the hottest day of the year. And so I remember uh, coming to that church. That's right outside uh, in the vestibule. So uh, it was. A, I thought the church was a beautiful church. And uh and I did not know that many years later I would come back and, and be one of the pastors here. Uh, I came. Uh, it was a great, you know, a lot of fun. This is the Tuesday night family sports night. I used to rollerblade with uh, these young kids uh, like Nathan and uh, Charles who are now parents here in the church. So uh, if anything makes you feel older is watching the kids that you teach uh, walk around with their own children. And so that's, that's exciting. Uh, the first youth camp I went to, I knew that the people at CFC were special. They somehow managed to fit, I think, 17 people. 17, not seven, 17 into that car. So that's pretty, pretty neat. Uh, and my first year, we had the pastoral staff had a volleyball team. And this is after uh, we lost the game. We lost to the Delta Fellowship volleyball team. Um, and as a prize, they lifted me up. And so uh, three people hurt their backs because I was so heavy there. So that's a little thing. But I, my point is I, I always felt like I belonged at CFC because I felt the people were always really friendly. They were very caring. Uh, and I knew that I was fortunate because not everyone always feel welcome when they come to church. Not everyone always feel accepted when they go to church. Uh, for me, when I was a teenager, I uh, had a hard time finding a good church fellowship group. I remember when I was a teenager, one time um, my friend Christopher Beatty came to me and he invited me to the school Christian club called Young Life. And we were in, I think, the math class together. And after class, he said, hey, Richard, I... I heard you were looking for a Christian group. Why don't you come with me next week to my uh, Young Life Christian Fellowship group? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll consider going. You know, I'll think about it. And I still remember that day because after Chris left, he walked out. One of the girls came to me. I don't want to mention her name here. But she came to me and said, you know, I'm one of the leaders of Young Life, and I just wanted to let you know that I think... I think you'd be happier going to the Chinese club instead of the Christian club. 
And she just said that to me since she just walked away. And I remember thinking I was shocked that she said that to me because she was basically telling me, I don't want you to come to my Christian club. And, and she said that, and I remember thinking, you know, first of all, I was angry. I said, well, how dare she says that to me? Well, if she said that to me, I'm just going to go just to annoy her. But then I thought, you know, if she's one of the leaders of the group, do I really want to join a group um, that, that claims to be Christian but, but has that type of attitude? And so I actually not, I didn't go. And so that was one experience when I did not feel welcome. Well, right after that, I met another friend named Matthew Kim, and he invited me to his church. And he was a really nice guy, and uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll visit your church. So um, I was able to go to his church, and, and Matthew and his pastor were really friendly, really kind. And I got into the, the youth group, but unfortunately, uh, in that group, I saw that the people there were constantly uh, making fun of each other, they, were, they, they didn't want to pray. They didn't want to read the Bible. And, and after uh, going there, I realized, you know, this wasn't the place that I felt welcome. I didn't feel accepted for who I was. Uh, and so sadly, I, I didn't fit into that church group either. And then God still looked after me because uh, in high school, I was called one day to attend the Rotary Club Luncheon Career Day. And, and I went there and I met a pastor uh, and he invited me to his church, Trinity Baptist Church in Santa Monica. And I walked in and I remember thinking, everyone was older than me. I think almost everyone had like white hair. It was a much older congregation. Uh, there was no Asians there, no one my age. But the people I truly saw uh, were Christ-centered people. They were, they were very caring, very welcoming. They loved Jesus. They loved studying the Bible. They loved to pray. And very quickly, I felt at home in that congregation. And, and so what I want to do today, I want to really focus on the point that Jesus welcomes everyone into the church. That when we come to church, that Jesus wants us to love and care for one another that we need to accept each other, that we need to lift up each other's burdens, that we need to pray for one another. And so that's why I caught this sermon, uh, You Belong Here. Because there may be some of you who've grown up in the church and you've been here for many years and you feel completely at home, and that's great. But in every congregation, there's also a good number of people that do not really feel like they belong, that they do not really feel connected to others in the church. And I really want to speak to you today and tell you that you also belong in the church, that you are accepted for who you are, and that Jesus loves you, not because of who you can be, because of who you are as a child of God. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we look into our passage. And, and I want to highlight that uh, I've become a public school teacher, and every day I see high school students. And one of the things that I realize is that there are so many high school students that often feel like they don't belong. 
Every year, students come to me and either in tears or, or, or in anger, and they tell me about times when people make fun of them, or people um, mock them or bully them. And, and I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life when I have felt left out. So maybe you look at some of these pictures, and, and, and on one hand, it may seem kind of funny and, and cute. You know, you have these little kids, and they kind of leave someone out. But the reality is that these things happen. And, and it really feels terrible when you're the one that's being left out. When you're the one that's been bullied, or you're the one that's been rejected. And I think you and I, we can relate to this. Because no matter who we are, there are times when people will, will make fun of you, where people will look down on you, uh, they will criticize you for so many things, uh, how you look, how you act, how popular you are, uh, what jobs you have, how much money you make, how much education you make. I mean, there's a long list of so many things that people use to criticize us and to make us feel that we don't belong. Ask yourself, have you ever heard or felt this way before? Have you ever felt, you know, I don't really fit in here. Or I don't feel accepted here. Or no one cares for me here. Or I just shouldn't be here. It could be, for example, maybe at a workplace where you started a new job and, and, and this is how you feel. And you say, you know, this job just isn't for me. And so you have to go to another place to work. It could be a school. You attend a school. You thought this was the right college that you wanted to attend, but it just wasn't the right place, and, and so you left. But in this case, I want you to think about the church setting. Imagine going to a church and you feel that you don't fit there, that you're not accepted there, that people don't care for you there. Um, that's not something that the church is supposed to be. The gospel message is that Jesus died for us, all of us, for our sins, because he loved us for who we are. And my main point today is that you belong here in the church, that here at CESC we truly need to care for one another, not just the people that we hang around with, not just the people that we call our good friends, but we truly need to care for one another in the body of Christ. And so there's some words that I'm going to be using today, and I want to highlight to make sure some vocabulary words to make sure everyone understands some of the words that I use. I'm going to use the word the gospel. I know in the church we use that word a lot, but what does it mean? Okay, The gospel is the good news that Jesus loves us and redeems us from our sins by his sacrifice on the cross. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins so that we are forgiven and can once again be in fellowship with God. That's what the gospel message is. Now, when I use the word Christian, I'm talking about someone that has accepted the gospel and have Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And when I talk about the body of Christ... That's the universal church formed by many parts, all the Christians uh, unified in Christ in one body. That's what the body of Christ means. And in the local church is a community of believers that gather regularly for Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and experience life together. CEFC is an example uh, of one local church. Okay. 
So let's go to our first point today. In 1 Corinthians, in the passage that we read earlier, let me start from verse 12. The Apostle Paul writes, Just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as far form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So the first point that I want to make today, you can fill this in on your, on your handout there, is that all Christians belong in the body of Christ. All Christians belong in the body of Christ. Now, when Paul first wrote this, this was not something that was easily accepted. This was not normal teaching of society to say something like this. In fact, in the very beginning of the Bible, for example, during the times of Moses, during the times of Moses, when Moses was in Egypt, there was many different classes of people. So, for example, in Egypt, you had at the very top, you had the pharaoh. He had the best job, okay? He was, he was the king. He could do whatever he wanted. He had everyone that would, you know, serve him and do whatever he wanted. And his word was law. But only one person could be pharaoh, and he was at the very top. Uh, beneath him was the, the, the grand vizier. He was the one who did all the work, okay? He did all the work that the pharaoh didn't want to do, but he still had a lot of power, and he was way up there. And at the top, you had the nobles, you had the different priests, you had the scribes, and then you had the soldiers. These are all different people of different classes. The higher you were, the more power you had, the more respect, and the more rights. And then down here, you had the craftsmen, and then the farmers, and at the very bottom, you had the slaves. So it was definitely a system of classes where some people were on top, but most of the people were at the bottom. Okay, and the people at the bottom were always treated badly. During the time of Jesus, the Romans were in charge, and you had also another class system. You had people on the left here, the upper class. Okay, these were the senators, these were the knights, these were the people that had all these power and rights. And then the people on the right side here, the lower class people. You had the people who were the commoners, the Latins, the foreigners, the people who were just recently freed, and at the bottom, again, you had the slaves. For many years in society, you had these different classes of people where the people on, on the bottom were the people that always were rejected, they didn't really belong. They were not accepted for who they were. And they always tried to move up in the class. Now, imagine if the church was like that. What would life be if the Christian church was like that? You would have upper-class Christians, the A people, you know. And then you would have the lower-class Christians, the ones who's always wondering, what, well, do I belong here? Do I fit in? Do I have to change so people will accept me? The reality was, during the early church days, some churches were like this. And Paul heard about it. 
the Corinthian church was like this. Christians would come to the church and some felt that they were better than others because they were upper class. And many of the other Christians there were lower class Christians and they felt that they were not as capable or able or respected. And the Apostle Paul heard about that. And he said, this cannot be. This is not right. That's why he wrote 1 Corinthians to tell the Corinthians that this is how the church was never meant to be. Jesus did not die on the cross so that Christians would have different classes of people. So in 1 Corinthians, when the Apostle Paul says stuff like, we are one body, Jews or Gentiles, by just saying that, that was already a shock. Because for the Jews, they always considered themselves better than the Gentiles. And the Gentiles always felt inferior, that they were less important. So when the Apostle Paul wrote, hey, whether you're Jew or Gentile, we're still one body, that was a shock. You know, we read it now, we're like, oh, it's no big deal. It, it was a huge deal. Look at the second thing that he says here, slave or free. Paul was saying, it doesn't matter, you, you, could be a, you could be a slave, you could be free, you could be a slave owner. You're all equal in Christ. That was tremendously a shocking thing to say. Imagine if you're a slave at that time, and, and, and the owner is in the church with you. You've always been the servant. You've always been inferior to that person. And then here you have you know, this letter being read to you from the Apostle Paul. And it says, you know, it doesn't matter, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, or free, we are all part of the same body of Christ. That was, that was an earth-shattering thing to say and to learn. The fact that Jesus has always been someone who wanted to tell us that we are all valuable. In the church, when Jesus ministered, he would walk around, he would talk to lepers, people that were outcasts. He would spend time with the the tax collectors and he would talk to the prostitutes and he would tell them that that God loves you. And, And the Pharisees of those days, they would go to Jesus, they would say, Jesus, why are you spending all this time with these lower class people? These are the outcasts, these are the sinners, these are the people that 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 people have should be ignoring. But Jesus says I have come for the lost. Because Jesus loves everyone. Because each one of us, we are important in God's eyes. The fact is, each one of us, all Christians, belong in the body of Christ. And if anyone ever makes you feel inferior, if anyone ever says to you, you know, you don't really belong here, don't listen to them. Jesus accepts you for who you are. He loves you for who you are. He died on the cross for who you are. And he's with you just as you are. Let me give you an example. Imagine there's a person named Jill. Yeah, I made up the name, okay? But imagine there's a person named Jill, and and she comes to you, and she says, you know, I don't really belong here at CEFC. My life has so many problems and everyone here seems so happy. 
I just don't fit in here anywhere. I mean, what would you say to her? What would you do? And, and imagine if this happened today. If someone came to you and said, I don't fit into CEFC. And I don't really belong here. Everyone else seems so happy, but I've got so many problems in my life. What do you say to someone like that? I bring this up because Jill is, even though the name I made up, people throughout the years when I was here at CSC came up to me and said something very similar. People would come to me. People, maybe people have come to you and said the same thing. I, I don't fit in that CFC. I don't feel like I belong. If that happens, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 is a great verse. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, not some of you, not just the upper class of you, but each one of you is a part of it. Let me give you some application points. If you're someone that's new to the church, let me, let me remind you, you belong here. Whatever background or situation that you may be going through or you are in, you belong here. Jesus is the head of our church, and we follow him. And he's made it very clear that each one of us is important and that he loves us for who we are. For those of you that may be long-time members, let me ask you, do your best to help new members to belong by including them in your community. That's not easy. I know that uh, you know, in every church, we form little cliques, right? People that we always like to hang around with, different cliques, people we have lunch with all, you know, after church. But let me encourage you, break out of those cliques. Okay. Do your best... Go the extra mile to welcome the people that are new to our church and help them to belong. Okay? That's the first point of the sermon. Let's continue on in the passage. The second point that, that Paul continues on is in, in your bulletin you can write down. Each Christian has an important role in the body of Christ. Okay? Verse um, 15 Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong in the body, um, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. The reality is that you and I, we're different. Everyone in the church is different. We have unique experiences. We have unique gifts and skills and talents. And that's how God wanted it to be. And when we all come together as the church body, we each contribute what we contribute to make the body strong. That's what the body of Christ is about. So, for example, um, when I first came here to CFC, um, I would teach and I would preach and I would enjoy it and and people would would encourage me and and they would invite me to speak and and teach in their groups. Um, And I was also, at the same time, if you remember, I was trying to learn the drums. You guys remember when I first came? I was trying to learn to play the drums. And one vacation Bible school, 
they asked me, hey, you know, we heard you're trying to learn the drums, so do you want to play drums during worship? I said, yes! So I, I sat over here, there was a drum set, and they would, they played the VBS songs, and the kids were singing, and, and the worship team was playing, and I started drumming. And I was right next to the speaker, and what I did not know was when the speaker was playing, there was like a half-second timing that was off. So when I heard the speaker, what that sound was actually half a second behind the actual worship team. So I'm playing with the speaker, and I, I didn't know that I was half a second behind. And when you guys play music, you know that's really bad when the beat is half a second behind. And I'm happy, I'm pounding the drums, and I look out to the patio, and I saw not one, not two, not three, not four, five faces, horrified, staring down at me, going like this. And I'm like, what's going on? And everyone, Charles Jin is up there going, stop, stop. And I realized I, was, I wasn't doing it right, that I was offbeat. And through the years at CFC, they've told me, you know, Pastor Rich, we love it when you preach and teach, but please don't ever join the worship team, you know. When you sing, that's great, but just make sure the mic is off. Turn the mic off when you sing. And I've learned, you know, humbly that I, I have a terrible singing voice. I cannot, my son sings much better than me. Because that's not my gift. That's not my talent. Because there are many other people that sing much better. And those are the people that God in the body of Christ wants to sing. Each one of you, you have your gifts. You have your skills. And you have a role in this church. You know, the Apostle Paul, he continues um, verse 22 is a great verse. On the, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. One example of this is uh, the ushers. You know, We're always looking for good ushers. And I remember people would say to me, Oh, you know, I don't need to be an usher. It's not that important. And I told them, No. You're an usher. That's really important. And they would say, why? Why do I have to be, you know, why are ushering? Why is it so important? I would say when someone visits the church, the first person that usually greets them is going to be the usher. And if you come and you're the usher and you're like, yeah, here, take the bulletin, find a seat, and you don't care, that person's not going to feel welcomed in the church. But if you come and you're the usher, like let's say you're a handsome man like Francois, and you're standing there and you say, hello, welcome to our church. I, I see you back there, Francois. Yes. <laughs> That's a great and important job that he has. Yes, good job, Francois. Because the fact is every role that we have is important. I want to give one more illustration of that. For many years, one of my co-workers, he was a volunteer pastor, uh, Pastor Philip Lamb. Uh, he, he passed away, uh, and I continued to miss him. But he was such a humble servant. Uh, the stuff that he has, has taught and his example still makes an impact in people's lives. 
one of the things, uh, there are so many things I liked about Pastor Lamb, but one thing I really appreciated was he had such a heart that all the people in the church, that we would do our daily devotions. And he would come to me and say, Pastor Rich, if there's any children or youth in the church that, that don't have the money to buy the daily encounter uh, devotional guide, I will gladly buy it for them. And you remember, and those of you who knew him, he would come around, he would say, do you do your daily devotions? If you don't, I have this guide I want to give you. And he would go around, he would make sure that everyone had something that they could do to read and pray for their daily devotions. And he was such a humble man, and he would always say to me, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not important in the church. And I would say, that's, that's not true. You are extremely important. You are part of the body of Christ. And, and the fact is, each one of you, you have a role to play. You might not think you have any special gifts, but the fact is, God made you who you are. And he, he gave you special gifts and talents and experiences. And so even whatever you've gone through, even bad things, God can use that for the body of Christ. So let's imagine, let's say someone named Bill comes up to you today. What would you do if Bill came to you and said, Hey, you know, I really can't do anything. I've got no role in this church. The church really doesn't need me. I mean, what do you say to Bill? You will say to Bill, you know what? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. The reality is that each one of us, we need each other. We need each other. So an application points. If you're someone that's new to the church, let me encourage you. Take a step of faith and participate. Try, you know. Get involved with a fellowship group, a Bible study, a a Sunday school class. Be a part of the church. And for those of you who've been a long-time member, help others to find a role here at CEFC. Um, Be a mentor. You know, I really believe in the importance of mentoring and discipleship. So if you've been here at the church for a while, choose someone to mentor. Take them under your wing and be an example of them of of what it means to be a, a, a strong Christian. Okay, So those are the, uh, the two points. The last point I want to make, and then we'll be finished today. The last point is that we need to truly care for one another as the body of Christ. Okay. In verse 24, the Apostle Paul says, But God has put the body together, given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, because it clearly tells us what the church family should be. That if one of us suffers, that the rest of us suffers. If one of us rejoices, then the rest of us rejoices. Because each one of us, we are in this together as one church family, that there should not be division. How many of you have ever gotten a splinter? You know, a splinter, the little piece of wood that that hurts? 
Voyons, yes, other people, I'm sure. You guys might not notice, okay. One tiny splinter, you might not see it. Okay, I've got a splinter on my finger, but you can feel it. It's painful. The little piece, okay. The fact is, in the church, when one small, you know, one person, even one in a big church like ours, over 700-something people, one person suffers, the rest of the body should feel that. Okay, it should, we should feel that. Have you ever gone to like a restaurant or a store and, and you've made a, and you ask like the manager something? Um, one of the, the most painful and annoying things that you ever hear is when they say something like, oh, that's not my problem. You ever heard that before? That's not my problem. You know, you go to a restaurant and you say, oh, you know, the, the bathrooms are really dirty. There's no toilet paper. You tell the waitress, the waitress is like, well, it's not my problem. Talk to the manager, talk to somebody else. It's frustrating, right? It's not my problem. Uh, you go somewhere else, you say, you know, can you help me? That I, oh, I'm not going to help you. That's not my problem. Someone else can help you. Okay. Now, restaurants may do that. Stores may do that. But the church should not be like that. We should never say to one another, oh, psh, that's not my problem. That's some, uh, Pastor Lily will take care of that. Okay, that's not my problem, you know. Uh, one of the, the youth counselors will do that later. Okay, that's not a church. The Bible says that we are one body, that we are one church family. We should never say to one another, that's not my problem. Another example, when you catch a cold, it starts out small, right? You get a little, you know, maybe sore throat. But then what happens? Your body starts to react. And then after a while, you get a runny nose, your nose gets congested, your, your throat starts to hurt, you get a headache, and it gets worse. Because that's your body getting ready to fight this virus that's there. It starts out as a small problem, but if you don't take care of it, it will get worse and worse. The church is like that. When a church gets big, like our church, there's a danger. When we stop caring for all the individuals, when we start thinking, oh, you know, that's not my problem. Oh, you know, what one family left, one over there, that's not, that's just too bad. It doesn't matter. And after a while, things get worse. Because deep down inside, we've forgotten the importance of caring for every individual in the church. Imagine if it's Jenny, a Jenny that comes to you and says, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone about my problems because I can handle it myself. Even if I ask for help, no one really cares. I mean, what would you say if someone named Jenny came up to you and actually said that today? You would need to remember that if one part of the body suffers, everyone suffers. Application. What does that mean? If you're someone that's new to the church and, and you feel hurt, take a step of faith and open up. Okay? Reach out. Share with someone what you're going through. And if you're that person that that person has come to, listen to them. Pray for them. All of us, I hope we can go beyond how are you. You know how are you? You know, that's the 
That's the standard way of greeting in America nowadays. Hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. That's what people are supposed to do, right? That's the pattern. Imagine if this ever happened. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really depressed. I had a really bad day. Try that one time. People would be like, uh, uh, wait, something's wrong. You're not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to say, how are you doing? You're supposed to say, fine. And then I get to move on. But many times we're not fine. Many times we're not doing good. And yet we put on these faces and we pretend that everything's okay. But the reality is that we need to be open and honest with how we're doing. And as a church, we need to be willing to listen and to care. And as we close this morning, I want to encourage all of you to really think about it. When we say brothers and sisters in Christ, do we really mean it? I mean, we say this all the time, brothers and sisters in Christ. But what does that mean? In the early church, when they said someone, brother, when you call someone your brother or your sister, it meant a lot. Because in the the culture of those days, when someone's a family member, you always welcome them in. Okay? Blood was so strong at that time in the culture. You cannot reject the people in your family. It meant a lot. So when Jesus calls his followers, you know, my, my, my friends, it meant a lot. It means that we truly care for one another that we sacrifice for one another, that we love each other truly. So I want to encourage all of us today, ask yourselves at CFC, is this truly my family? Is this truly a church where I feel welcomed, that people care for me? And do we truly care and love one another? Let's bow our heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And here at Chinese Evangelical Free Church, we ask that you continue to guide and to watch over and to bless our church. Help us to be the body of Christ that truly loves one another. Help us to be a congregation that accepts others, that we let people know that they have a role to fill, that they belong in this church. I want to especially pray for anyone that may not feel that they really fit in or belong at CFC, that you help them to realize that you love them and that they are welcome to be part of our church family. And I also want to pray for for those of us who've been here a long time, that, that we call this place our home, that you help us to be welcoming, that you help us to include others, and that you help us to truly care and to reach out. Help us to mentor and disciple and to really help others to be a part of our church body. And we pray that you continue to guide our church and protect us, that you truly give us the meaning of what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ, that we truly love one another as the body of Christ. So we thank you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.